Welcome to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. My name is Rodney Morris. I'm an associate at Valor Ventures. I'm a co-host today's podcast. I'm joined by Lafayette, who's also an associate with me at Valor. Lafayette, would you please introduce yourself? Hey, how's it going, guys? My name is Lafayette Julius, also an associate at Valor. Uh, we're excited to have Julius Bryant meet us on this podcast as well. He's one of the top finalists from our recent cohort, Startup Runway. Yeah, Julius. Julius is a, a finalist of the ninth cohort, Startup Runway, which is an extremely competitive achievement. Um, Julius, you beat out hundreds of other applicants to be recognized in that way. Just to be able to be one of the finalists, we would love to get an introduction to what what is Jax and some of the milestones you've achieved thus far that led you to be a finalist. Yeah, uh, thanks for the the introduction. Um, so at Jax, we are creating inclusion in, in the gig economy by renting cars to carless people and empowering them to make money in uh, through gig work. That's what we do as a business. We've been around for about two years. Business is going phenomenal so far. We've been able to grow our fleet to um, about sixty vehicles. Um, we're running at about ninety seven percent capacity. So that kind of proves that our business has some value to this market and to our customers. So it's going well, and we're just going to try to con- continue to grow it. Awesome. And let's talk about Startup Runway a little bit. What did Startup Runway do for you and Jax? And would you recommend it to other founders? And why or why not? Yeah, so uh, it was a huge help. I always say that, um, you know, although we're we're competing for a cash prize, I think the value in in these sort of competitions specific to Startup Runway is always uh, more so in the networking. So obviously you hope to come away with the cash, but the the network uh, new connections that you come away with at the conclusion are are always equally as valuable, if not more valuable. So I was able to connect with um, with other founders of businesses that are local to Atlanta um, that are all solving really tough problems and doing a great job at it. So that was helpful. And then also the um, the board meeting um, that we did as finalists before the actual programming started was extremely helpful as well. So. Um, that experience was essentially made up of, um, I think we have four, four different, um, board members there. And we, as founders were able to present them with a real problem that we were facing and then, um, kind of get their feedback on it and understand, uh, from an investor perspective, how they might, um, kind of think through that problem and solve it. And it actually, uh, brought it to a vote at the end of the conversation. So, um, that was extremely helpful. I think as founders, a lot of times we get caught up in, um, the day to day, right? We just want to make sure that we're um, serving our customers and and making enough money to make it to the next day, right? And and we a lot of times don't think about those long term strategic initiatives. Um, and then also, depending on the size size of the company, even if you are thinking about those strategic initiatives, a lot of times you're making those decisions in a silo with just you and maybe a co founder or early employees. And not bringing in the perspective of people outside of your business who might think about things differently. So um, I thought that was extremely valuable to be able to have that experience with the board members and um, get some feedback on a real issue for the company. And um, we're, all, we're already already using some of that feedback to um, kind of build out our roadmap for the rest of 2020 and, and beyond. That's great. I definitely agree with you there. I think as an early startup and as an early startup founder, it's usually just you comprised of another co-founder and like you said maybe an early employee so being able to have that advisory type of board for startup runway i'm sure is is very very helpful um Mm -hmm. lafayette um i know he had a question that he wanted to ask you specifically in regards to this yeah definitely you know i i had the chance to to be in those meetings and those boardrooms and you know uh talk to wayne more 
and uh, Rampus Castro um, with some of the top VCs. Um, what, what specifically, Julius, you know, for you was some of the best advice you got from some of those VCs in, that, in, the, in those rooms? Yeah, so specific to Jax, our business is based on kind of the ownership of uh, very capital intensive and depreciating assets and vehicles. So we've been able to, over the course of the past two years, really model out the math to make sure that we are are buying cars at the right prices and renting them at the right prices such that the revenues are um, are outpacing the, the depreciation so that it, it still makes sense financially. Um, but even with that being the case, we're also looking at kind of some different alternatives that are, are less capital intensive and that would allow us to essentially leverage other people's assets. So we kind of were discussing with the board members some different options regarding that as far as um, essentially going with the platform model instead of just being the owners of assets, but also um, going with a platform model where people could either essentially lend us their cars, so to speak, and we'll rent those out to our database of drivers or potentially standing up an entire new platform where dealerships or small fleet operators would be able to um, license software and essentially start up their own or stand up their own uh, rental car business. So we were able to kind of get some feedback from the investors on um, which of those they thought made most sense uh, from a financial perspective over the long, long run, which was really helpful. Nice. Hey, Julius. Also, we would like to go in on the virtual experience. Um, so, you know, this year, because of the pandemic, um, it was an all virtual. Usually it's an in-person experience, but we want to talk about that and just ask, was that a better or a worse experience for you? Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of in-person interactions. Uh, personally, I think you have a greater chance for sand, serendipity um, when you're meeting in person and you, you're you more likely to run into people that you don't know already, I think. Um, but one of the things I think Startup Runway did really well that's not been the case in a lot of other virtual events I've been to is um, making sure that we had time to do breakout sessions with other people that were in attendance of the event. So doing um, the breakout rooms, I thought that was really helpful because you you get to kind of get a more, it's not quite the, the connection that you would get in person, obviously, but it's a more direct connection with a smaller group of people as opposed to being in a large room, virtual room with um, dozens or even more uh, hundreds of people sometimes in some instances and, you know, having to click through the attendee list and figure out who's who and things like that. But those breakout rooms allow you to actually get in a small group setting and actually exchange conversation with other people who um, potentially can help you or you can help. So to to you guys credit that I thought that was great. That allowed me to to make some connections that I may not have made uh, otherwise without that. So I, I thought that was awesome. Got it. And yeah, I definitely agree with you on the in-person experience. And uh, we appreciate the feedback. We try to do as best as we can to, you know, make it to the point where you can actually connect with people. And um, from there, they could actually stay in your network to help you continue to grow your business. Yep. Um, and and, and in, in regards to your business, we're interested to know, what's your motivation behind Jax? What's that, what's that passionate factor for you? And what's driving you to continue to build a business and the product? Yeah, so um, really, I can start by saying um, my kind of my personal motivation just in life for just about everything I do is um, is freedom. Right. So I want to be able to kind of move how I want to move and and work on the things I want to work on, go to places I want to go and, and be with the people that I want to be with. 
Um, and that same mission kind of trickles down into the mission for Jack. So um, the foundation of this business is that a lot of people are excluded from the freedom and the income that comes with the gig economy because they don't have access to the tools that they need to participate in. In, in this instance, the tools are, are vehicles, right? So if you don't own a vehicle at all, or if you own a vehicle that doesn't meet the body type or a model year requirement for some of the ride hailing or delivery services, then you are effectively um, excluded from uh, from those opportunities, right? So uh, we've had customers who had decent paying jobs, but um, they they wanted to still be able to participate in the gig economy just because they needed to be able to pick their kids up from school at two thirty when they got out of school, right? So in that instance, there's a level of freedom that um, they didn't have before because they had to physically be at their jobs at a certain time for a certain amount of hours um, during certain days of the week. And that prevented them from doing something that we might deem insignificant or simple. Um, but, you know, them wanting to be able to be there for their children when they got out of school, something as simple as that, um, and Jax is kind of enabling them to have that freedom to do that. And there's many other use cases around that. But essentially, we're just trying to create freedom and allowing people to participate um, in the gig economy who might not have that opportunity otherwise. Got it. Got it. I think that's so powerful. Me and one of my close friends have been discussing the term, which is exactly for what you speak to, the freedom um, autonomy lately. And yep. um, it's, it's definitely one of those driving factors. Um, Lafayette wanted to discuss some things in regards to the customers um, that you may be looking for, Lafayette? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you touched on it a lot, Julius, you know, especially, you know, what your customers are currently looking for now is, you know, freedom and, you know, saving time per week or just an income increase all around in their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, so when you mention those things, what do you, what do you think your customers, like, what do you want your customers and to think and feel about Jax? Now that you know that you um, now that you know that you're looking for that kind of customer. Yeah, I, I think um, overall, I want our customers to feel like Jack's kind of just presents them with uh, with opportunity. Right. So I, I touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, it's it's honestly it's not fair that only certain people can uh, can participate. Right. Um, and I think. Overall, what we're doing is we're we're trying to identify people who have been excluded for whatever reason. There's a multitude of reasons. I mean, I touched on some of them, but um, even things like maybe you're maybe you're here on vacation for a little while. Maybe you flew here from another city and you want to be able to make some money while you're here. Right. Well, if you're here for a short time, you're not going to be able to go get a job probably right while you're um, visiting Atlanta for a short period of time to, to visit family or something like that. So even someone like that, uh, we're, we're providing them with an opportunity to make some money um, during their downtime when they're on their vacation. So I think that's really that's really it. Uh, regardless of who the customer is or what the circumstance is, if you need our service, um, then we want to be able to provide you with the opportunity to use our service. And then on the back end, to be able to to make some money for yourself. That's the goal. So um, overall, I would say it's really just about opportunity for our customers. Julius, you spoke on the milestones you've achieved thus far, and congratulations on that. I'm interested to know what would you like to achieve maybe the end of this year or going into 
next year, the milestones that you would like to uh, achieve? Yeah, so um, for the past couple of years, we've really been kind of scrappy in our approach. Um, we've we've leveraged um, like some existing third party software to handle our our booking process and uh, billing and things like that. Um, so a really big milestone that we're actually about to achieve, uh, hopefully within the next few weeks, is the launch of our our customer facing app. Um, that's been a long time coming, and we were we were able to find some developers finally that could offer. Um, the product that we we were looking for. So we're in the final stages of, of developing the app, um, doing user testing now. Um, and the goal is for in the next few weeks for us to, to bring that that process from a, a booking, uh, billing um, process, bring all those in-house and uh, kind of run those through our own app as opposed to third-party services. So um, that's one milestone that, that we intend to hit uh, within the next few weeks, hopefully. Um, and then the next one I would say is really to, um, kind of flesh out the idea I mentioned earlier, as far as, um, being less dependent on, uh, you know, the, the assets and the vehicles themselves and figuring out how we can, um, kind of leverage existing assets, right? So there are, there are cars out there all over the place that are sitting and kind of collecting dust, right? Um, whether that is a, uh, a car dealership that has that's, has vehicles on their lot that they're not able to move um, or a fleet operator or a taxi company or what have you. There's, there's tons of use cases and examples out there, but there are assets out there that are not being used that could be used to um, empower people and give people opportunity and, and to make, make money for the owners as well, right? So uh, I think the next major milestone is to kind of put a stake in the ground around what that looks like for, for Jax as far as leveraging other people's assets to um, scale up the size of the fleet and to help more people who need these vehicles to participate in uh, the gig economy. Got it. Got it. And I think that makes a lot of sense, um, especially the second milestone that you mentioned. And I think one of the things I was very impressed by is that you all were able to gain, um, you know, a lot of traction without that mobile application thus far. And um, that's one of those things that, that kind of just raised my my ears when I came across the business for Startup Runway. I was like, wow. So I'm very interested to see what you all do after the launch of the mobile application and, and play around with it myself. I know a lot of people, especially in the African-American community, that uh, can definitely use a platform like Jax in order to generate some income for themselves. Yeah, so absolutely. To be, um, we're in the final stages of testing. So as soon as it's done, I'll make sure... Uh, I shoot you guys a link so you can uh, download it and, and play around with it and give me some feedback. Got it. Got it. That would be great. Right. Nice. And how can people reach out to you, um, Julius, if they want to talk to you about Jax um, or are or, or interested in Jax? Um, I'm pretty open on the internet uh, and accessible. I'm uh, first name, last name, pretty much everywhere. So uh, I'm probably most active on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So I'm Julius Bryant on both of those platforms. Yeah, for for Jax, uh, social media is all Ride with Jax. That's Ride with J A X. Um, so you can follow uh, what Jax is doing on those. I actually need to be a little bit better at posting on social media um, for Jax specifically. So I'm I'm working on that. But uh, yeah, first name, last name for me, and then Ride with Jax across all social platforms. Got it. Got it. Nice. Lafayette, do you have any remaining questions? Yeah, you know, just as a founder myself, and, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, building out the mobile platform. Um, what, 
you know, and, and just juggling things from day-to-day life. What do you feel, Julius, is just the hardest thing you have a hard time doing? Or, you know, was the mobile app one of the hardest things? Or just what was one of the hardest things building Jacks thus far? I would say the hardest thing is just, um, you know, prioritization, right? And that's not specific to Jacks. I think that's kind of just like a, a founder thing, right? But right now, so we've, we've operated very lean. Um, it's just myself and my co-founder, and it has been the entire time. And we'll be looking to bring on some additional, some additional people onto the team in the near future. But um, right now, it's really just, you know, being able to narrow a scope around what's the most important thing for me to do today, right? So I think as founders, you probably can understand, you know, the to-do list is never complete, right? It's, it just continues to get longer and longer and longer. Um, and my challenge has been really just being able to understand, you know, what should I be spending most of my time on today? Um, so I've been trying to get better about that as far as prioritizing the most important things that are either going to directly impact the customer or, um, kind of be pivotal in the the long-term growth of the business. So that's really what I've been focused on. And then also, um, you know, I think it's really going to be important for us to hire someone because I think I spent a lot of my time doing things that probably I, I can hire someone, someone else to do them, right? I could teach someone else to do them and be able to implement, implement more scale into the business. And I talk about scale a lot um, on social media. And I think we talk about scale um, as founders and investors. We talk about scale the wrong way. I think scale is a lot more about efficiency than it is about growth. So a lot of times when you hear founders or investors talk about scale, they're talking about growing your business and they kind of have a hand, but scale is really a measurement of, of, of efficiency, right? So if I can get, if I can get more of whatever my output is, if I can get more of that output for, for less work, then that's, that's scale, right? So um, for me, right. alongside prioritization it's really building systems into the business so that um, I don't have to physically be somewhere to do something for for work to get done. Right. Whether it's in my in my case, it, it might be getting cars washed or it might be getting oil, oil changed on the cars or um, whatever. It's just simple things that are required for the basic uh, maintenance of a car, implementing systems so that I don't have to be physically present for things to get done. So. Um, I would say those are kind of the two biggest hurdles that I've been working on, um, both the prioritization and just the, the scaling of the business. Wow, that was great, man. You, you definitely touched on that. Um, and, you know, just to just to wrap up, too, we know that this market is is a big market and there's a lot of competitors in the space. Um, what you know, what what do you feel like Jax is, you know, way different from or from doing the same thing? What do you feel is the most important way that you are different from others in this market today? Yeah, so I think it's pretty uh, pretty well known in public knowledge that if you are um, uh, if you want to be an Uber or Lyft driver, you can go rent a car directly from Uber or Lyft. They have Lyft has its own program, and then Uber um, partners with um, another rental car company, and you can go rent from them. I would say the biggest difference is. Um, kind of the driver centricity around the payment structure for the rental, right? So um, Lyft or Uber is at least the last time I checked, neither of them uh, charge the driver upfront for the cost of the car. Um, What they do is they take the cost of the car out of the earnings that they make um, from, from their ride. So let's say the week starts on 
a Monday and uh, the cost of the car is, is X dollars, those first X dollars that you make beginning on Monday go directly towards the cost of the car. So in many instances, it depends on how much you drive, obviously, but in many instances, the drivers, when they rent from those platforms, they're not seeing any money actually hit their account, potentially to the middle of the week, right? Which is, which is, uh, you know, that's, that's not good for the driver when, um, you know, they may need money to, in the short term to, to handle business and, and live life like we all do. And if you have to wait till the middle of the week, um, every week before you see your first dollars, that might be p- problematic for the driver, right? And then uh, secondly, Uber and Lyft also pay the driver a reduced rate um, if you rent uh, the vehicle. So drivers, they make money um, per minute and per mile when you drive for Uber or Lyft. And a lot of people don't know this. A lot of the drivers don't even know this. But when you rent a vehicle from those platforms, they pay you, it varies by market, but they pay you up to 30% less on your mileage rate than they would if you own the car. Right. And they they claim that that's to cover cost of insurance and things like that. But the the numbers, the math kind of just doesn't work. Right. They they're taking a lot more money out of these drivers pockets um, that that they should be keeping themselves. So when you rent from us, you um, you don't get docked um, on your mileage pay. They, they pay you as if you you own the car when you rent outside of their platforms. So that's tremendously helpful for the driver. Um, so I think those are the biggest ways that we, we kind of complement the needs of the driver. It's really just a payment structure. Um, and then on the first point with them taking the money out of your account for the cost of the car, what we do differently is we, we charge a driver on a, a daily basis, right? So, um, you rent for two days up front to start and then every additional day that you want to extend the vehicle or extend the rental of the vehicle, you, you extend for one day at a time. Right. So it's, it's better for the driver because they one are not getting that money taken directly out of their account before they see any of it hit their account. But also it's a short term cycle for the rentals. So um, you pay what you you pay the cost of the rental for the day. You go out and you work and everything else you keep and you, you use that money for whatever you need to use it for. And then you do it again tomorrow. So um, just kind of the payment structure is a lot more conducive to kind of the, the schedules and, um, you know, the, the lifestyles of, of our renters. Wow. Wow. Those are some really special benefits and features that Jax offers all day long. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I guess you learn something new every day. Um, I really didn't know that Uber or Lyft allowed you to rent vehicles, um, from their platform. So that was quite informative. I was like, wow, why don't I know that? <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for that. And yeah, um, Julius, um, we we just want to thank you for joining the Atlanta Startup Podcast with us today, and thank you for taking time out to speak on your startup runway experience and tell us a little bit more about Jack. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, thanks to um, all those involved in in me having an opportunity to be a part of Startup Runway. Um, it was an awesome experience, and um, looking forward to more. Uh, engage interaction uh, as we move forward. Sounds great. And for everyone listening, please go check out Jack. Um, the mobile application is coming soon. This podcast is produced by Valor Ventures as a service to the startup and investor community. We couldn't do it without the support of our sponsors, Atlanta Tech Park, the Global Accelerator, and Right to Market, Atlanta's favorite tech and healthcare PR marketing firm. 
Please patronize these great companies with your business and check them out online. If you'd like to get your message on the Atlanta Startup Podcast, visit us at atlantastartuppodcast.com and look at our affordable rate card. All paid advertisements are tax deductible to the Startup Runway Nonprofit Foundation, a 501c3 whose mission is connecting underrepresented founders with their first investor.